So it kind of had flowing right out of the marriage retreat. Uh, and I'll, I'll come back to that. I, I did a, a, a teaching about equations on how to build, rebuild a family when one person has to step out the door. And, uh, and started talking about equations. And so today I'm entering into a series called, called about equations. Uh, equations that bring total restoration. You ready for this? Anybody? Yeah. Equations that bring total restoration. And the reason, the reason I did this is, how many, anybody have a Bible? Do you believe in the Bible? Anybody believe in a Bible? So uh, I know that life seems incredibly complicated, but uh, there's some things in life that are not. Like two plus two is, see, look at you all. Your math is, is amazing. Three plus three is, this is competition. See if you can get it, all right? All right, seven plus three is, what? Okay, I'm going to make it more complicated. Two plus three plus three is, wow. I'm having, I'm just having to add that up myself in my head, yeah. Okay, five plus five is, okay, how many have calculators out right now? Anybody have a calculator out? Say, look, it's this one right here. I'm, I'm saying that. When you look into the Word of God, you find equations that work, things that bring restoration. And so uh, sometimes it's like we take the Bible and the Word of God and we just overcomplicate so much. Does that make sense? Let's just take the Word of God for what the Word of God says and let's see what it equates. Let's see what, what, our, what our totals are, what, our, what, what happens. Let's... Let's add some things up and let's bring some restoration out of the scripture in Psalm 51 and 12. Uh, read that with me. Restore to me the joy of my salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. How many know God did that for David? Does anybody know that? I mean, he is wiped out. He is wiped out. Psalm 51 is one of the most intense, broken-hearted prayers. Created me a clean heart, O God. Renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence. Take not thy Holy Spirit from me. I mean, it's, it's this powerful uh, statement that David brings to the Lord. It exposes his heart and uh, a path to restoration. And so I, I want you to know that God is still a restoring God. Does anybody believe that? Yes. He's still a restoring God. And, and I'm, not, I'm not here to play. I'm not here to tell you, you know, just act like, you know, nothing ever happened. I'm not telling you that. I'm just saying that God wants to restore you. That's what I'm saying. That God's not finished with you yet. You're a child of God, right? You're a child of God. Or maybe you're here and you haven't given your life over to the Lord Jesus. I'm telling you that his arms are wide open to you. Wide open. It's not like God is saying, no, everybody gets saved but you. No, his arms are wide open. You know that, that like salvation quotient, you know, if you... You know, you, if, if you uh, confess Jesus Christ as your Lord and you believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. Amen. Right? Amen. So what do you do? You what? Confess. confess plus believe equals salvation. Amen. What? <laughs> right? And then his spirit comes into you and you start living out a life for the Lord Jesus. Those that love God start looking at his word and living according to his word. Am I right? So, so I, want, I want to do some, some, some equations. And maybe we'll come back to that uh, later on in the month. Can I say this also? We are uh, just uh, uh, less than two months away from Easter Sunday. 
April 21st. You're going to put that on the calendar and start telling everybody, come to church, all right? Uh, I'm excited. I was, I was thinking about it, and, uh, and, and I've done different things in the month before uh, Easter. This particular season, I want us to celebrate, and I want us to come into resurrection season in, with restoration, okay? So we're going we're gonna to kick this off because I want you to feel better. I want you to live better. Uh, I just want us to focus. Today, I want to talk about no fear. I, I really wanted a t-shirt. You know, you guys want to find one for me? No, don't. I'll, I'll find it. I, I looked around, couldn't find one. I guess you all bought them up, you know. I think there's a lot of people that wear no fear t-shirts that are absolutely captivated with fear. I don't think that, I don't think sometimes it's like, I'm not afraid. That's, you know, yeah, you are. So, um, and uh, I want to talk about fear. I, I, you know, first service, I think I had people different ages. Uh, I don't remember the depression. I'm not that, I'm not that old, okay? But the generation right before me did. Uh, and uh, in 1933, Roosevelt gave his inauguration speech trying to lift up a nation. And the, his big statement, remember this? The only thing to fear is fear itself. Now, that's a strange thing. It's a very strange. But I thought uh, one of the most profound statements ever, uh, that there's nothing to fear but fear itself. Fear. Uh, and we're going to look at the scripture. He will not fear bad news. His heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. We're going to spend some time in Psalm 1, 112. But fear, let's just define it a little bit, all right? You, you know some of the terms that are used for fear. A feeling of anxiety and worry, apprehension, panic attacks, chronic phobias. Uh, Genesis chapter 3, verse 10 speaks of the first time man had fear. It was after they had entered into sin, and God comes to walk with them. Remember this? And the Bible says that they hid. Adam actually said, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid. I heard you in the garden, I was afraid. They hadn't experienced this. Like when, when Adam was created, he never uh, came out of that creation moment and thought, wow, this... No, he didn't. He didn't have a sense of just being afraid at that moment. Uh, so fear entered into the world after sin. Fear is a product of a broken world. It's a product of that. Uh, there's actually all kinds of phobias. Anybody have a favorite phobia? What's your favorite phobia? Arachnophobia? Uh, what? Uh, claustrophobia? We were at that retreat. Diane and I went down in this elevator. They had this tiny little two-person elevator that looked like it had been installed in 1933. And uh, we climbed in this tiny little, I mean, it, was, it wasn't as big as a bathroom, all right, and uh, pulled, we just got a cart, and our two, two of us in there, and then the, we pulled the door closed, that's how we got in, and then a folding door started moving and closed us in, the lights were on, but one of the light bulbs was out, because they were literally light bulbs, and Diana looked at me like, get me out of here or pray, okay, and so... Uh, spiders, anybody got that? You know, who are spiders? I mean, they're really like, they're no bigger than your thumb, really. And you can squash them, but it's a spider, you know. And, and they'll kill you, see? See? There you go, there you go. All right, she needs my sermon today really badly. How about, uh, have anybody heard of phobia phobia? 
Okay, phobia, phobia. It's a new fear of fear. It's just I'm afraid of fear. So you don't necessarily know what the fear is. It's just that I'm afraid of fear, so that might make me afraid, so I stay away from that, or that might make me afraid. There's some, some things that can happen in our lives. Has anybody in the room ever had a panic attack before? Anybody? I'm lifting my hand. Anybody else besides me? Because if you wanted the perfect pastor, he's like down the street and around the corner, okay? Uh, I, I have, I've had to deal with some fear in my life. I didn't even know where it was coming from when I began dealing with it at first. Uh, but I've had to deal with it, and the Lord just really had to, 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 to work with me. I struggled with fear. It was an attack on my life that I have had to realize that it could overcome me. I picked up a, a you know, something you just grab, anybody just grab books? I love reading books and stuff. And so I grabbed a book on just anxiety and it was how to overcome anxiety. If you don't remember exactly the title, it's still sitting there. I've read some of it, but it, you know, one of the chapters is just on hitting yourself in the chest. It's this. Anybody heard of that? Tapping to overcome fear. Who's heard that besides me? Anybody? You know, I hadn't heard about it, but you just, does it work sometimes? I don't know. I've done that before. Maybe that was up, what was up with Tarzan. I don't know. I just, but uh, evidently it just kind of helps you or there's glands or something in there that if you hit it enough. So, of course, if you hit it too hard, you, you might wish you hadn't have done that. Now, in talking about this, I know that people struggle for a lot of reasons and I'm not going to insult you. I know that it's, sometimes it's like a gray fog. Am I right? That can come over people and in their lives. And, and uh, so, so I, I just want to talk to you about life. I want to talk to you about this. I want to help you feel better. And I'm just going to give you a simple and a clear word. Uh, one of the things, I, I just recognize this. Fear multiplies. Fear that's in your life, it increases. How many have ever had that? It's like, I mean, fear, it's like it breeds in your life. You have this fear and this fear, and they have like 20 little fears, right? And, uh, but the Bible is clear about this. When, when Jesus was giving prophetic signs about the end of the age and his second coming, he said this in Luke 21, 26, men's hearts will fail them for fear. From fear, men's hearts will fail them from fear and the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. So, uh, and when I read this, I'm thinking, okay, men's hearts will fear, uh, will fail from fear, and so we're thinking, well, that's the expectation, but that's not, that's not the expectation for believers. Our hearts are not supposed to be failing because of fear. So, so understand that those who do not know what's going on, those who are left, those who are left behind, those individuals may have some massive struggles because they haven't put their faith in the Lord. So let's talk about fears as Christians. What are you afraid of? What keeps you up at night? What troubles you constantly? And it comes in many forms. Some people are afraid of the past, Right? Because you're afraid that something that you have done in the past, something that has happened in the past, will just come back to surface and stop your life as you know it. Some people are afraid of the future and what possibly might go wrong with life, with finance or their home. 
Some people are constantly afraid of disease. You've already got that antibacterial stuff and you've washed everything, the chair that you sat down in. You just don't want to touch people. When I say hug each other, you're saying, go hug somebody else, you know, and, 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 you know, shaking hands is weird because that's really nasty. So you just fist bump everybody. All right. You don't know what's on your knuckles. I, uh, I don't like. I don't like prescription drug commercials, all right? So you're, you're, just, you're just enjoying Family Feud, and uh, a prescription drug commercial comes up, you know? And first of all, they tell you all of the things that it will destroy you, and, and then they tell you, now, if you take this, this will help you, but it might cause this and 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 thoughts of this and this and this. So does anybody ever watch a prescription drug commercial and call the doctor and say, look, I just saw a commercial. Or do you, go to the, do you ever go to the doctor and say, look, what about this? But you can't even pronounce it. What about this? Some people fear failure, so they never get out of their comfort zone and take a risk. Uh, but all of us deal with fear on some level. Anybody heard Seinfeld? So Seinfeld said, uh, he says this, the number one fear in our culture, the number one fear is the fear of public speaking. And the number two fear is the fear of death. So it's kind of like most people would prefer to be in the casket rather than be, give the eulogy, you know. That's kind of awkward, I think, all right. Uh, it doesn't make sense. I heard this story of one little girl who was afraid one night and cried out for her mom to come. I'm afraid. I'm afraid. Mommy, come. And her mother came in and she prayed with her and talked to her for a little while. And the little girl said, Mommy, will you sleep with me tonight? And she said, No, honey. Mommy needs to go back and sleep with Daddy. And the little girl said, Daddy is a sissy. What's he afraid of? So what if I told you that you could live your life with no fear? What if I told you that God didn't want you to live your life in fear? I'm not, I'm not saying that you'll never be impacted by it, but that it will not dominate you and cause you to lose the joy of your life. This is the year of joy for us. So if we're, if we're going to, if, if our life's going to be joyful, we need to deal with some stuff. The Bible is really clear. It's not God's will for his children to be consumed with fear. And that's what we find in Psalm 112. Uh, in, in, in this scripture, he will not fear bad news. His heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. Now, Psalm 127 begins as a psalm of praise. It just opens up with this word. Praise the Lord. Psalm 127, 1. Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord. Uh, who finds great delight in his command. And some people say, okay, but you told us not to fear. And when I say that, when I say fear the Lord, the word fear is in fear of the Lord does not call us to be afraid of God as in the sense of terror. It suggests a sense of reverence and awe and complete trust in God. It is a recognition of his power. I mean, if it's not this fear like, oh no, God is coming. No, it's God is so awesome and so amazing and so powerful. He loves me. And it's this healthy healthy fear. And then, and then the psalmist goes on in, in this chapter to talk about all the benefits 
You know, like your children will be blessed. Your righteousness will extend to generations. That he's going to prosper you. There's, there's, there's riches. There's help. There's, there, there's, there's prosperity. There's all kinds of things. Just trust me. How many know God will provide? Has anybody found out that God is the provider? But ultimately, it's this promise of Psalm 112 and 7. He comes down to this where, where he, he makes this statement. I'd like you to turn that into an affirmation. Would you read this with me? I will have no fear of... Come on, say it, say it with some punch right now. Come on. I will have no fear of bad news. My heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. Come on, say it again. I will have no fear of bad news. My heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. Here's a radical problem. And it, it requires a radical solution. And, and I want to talk about this. Say, so I need you to give me a little bit of rope, okay? Because, uh, because fear is so... It's just so nasty. You know what I'm saying? It's just so... And, and some of you right now, I'm already talking about it, but inside you're defending your fear. You know, I have a right to feel the way that I feel right now. Come on, God is a good God. Amen? So we're going to look at this equation. We're going to get ourselves out of the, uh, this rut. The equation for overcoming fear. Ignore plus imagine plus inspire equals a fearless life. I'm going to take it right out of the scripture. Say it with me. Ignore plus imagine, plus inspire, equals a fearless life. And we're going to look at, these te at this teaching in Psalm 127. And first of all, we're going to say this. Ignore the messages of fear. Ignore the messages of fear. Uh, ignore. And I, don't don't, don't fuss, with, fuss me out too much right now. L let, me, let me set some foundation here. To ignore. Here's the definition. A purposeful re refusal to take notice of or acknowledge an intentional disregard. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying you should ignore if someone is hurt or wounded. I'm not saying you should not go and get a new job if you lose yours. I'm not talking about wisdom and contingency plans. I'm not, talking that, I'm not saying that something didn't happen. I'm saying don't give fear a megaphone for your soul. That's what I'm saying. And just here, here's, here's a good example. Have you ever had a kid that took a tantrum? Anybody had that? And, and so, I mean, there's a couple of ways that you can manage that. But one of the ways not to manage it is to validate it. Can I get an amen? It's to validate. Oh, that kid, you know, and that way the child, anytime the child wants something, ah! you know, you, that's what fear does. How many know fear does that? It's like, it's like inside of you and the alarm goes off and the bells and the whistles and the alarms and you can see like a fire truck just running in and out of your brain and through your ears. And some people just ooze bad news. Anybody like me? Have you ever been in the shopping mall and you saw somebody coming down? And you thought, I think I'm just going to duck into this store for a moment. Just going to, am I the only person that's ever ducked? Am I the only one? You guys never have ducked? I have ducked before, okay? It's like, you know, you've told them, you've told them, you've told them, you've met with them, and you know you've got a few minutes to take a walk, and this is going to take the rest of my life right now. Or you just don't want to be toxic. You're preaching. Some people... Live it, smell it, drink it, eat it, breathe it. I'm saying that bad news sometimes has a chokehold on our culture. No, bad news has a chokehold on our culture. 
And we spend more time focusing on it rather than the good things of God. So I want you to develop the skill of ignoring the bad news. Because when we learn to ignore the bad news, we'll have no fear. The person trusting the Lord has no fear of bad news. That's what we're seeing. But, but the person with no fear, they have to ignore it. That's why. I, uh, Zach Williams song. Anybody love the Zach Williams song? Fear is a liar. Anybody heard that? Fear is a liar. He will take your breath, stop you in your steps. Fear is a liar. He will rob your rest, steal your happiness. Cast your fear in the fire. I like that. I wish I could sing like he does. Because fear, he is a liar. Versus when he told you you were troubled, you'll forever be alone. When he told you you should run away, you, you'll never find a home. When he told you you were dirty and you should, ne- and you should be ashamed. When he told you you should be the one that, that you could be the one that grace could never change. Fear, he is a liar. Fear, he is a liar. We've listened to that song so many times. It comes on, it'll come, come on the radio in the car, and we always think back to Miracle Max from The Princess Bride. Anybody saw The Princess Bride years ago? How many have ever seen The Princess Bride? If not, you need to fix your life, okay? You need to watch Princess Bride, all right? It's just something that has to happen, all right? You got to watch The Princess Bride at some time in your life. Anybody remember Miracle Max? Okay, Miracle Max. You know, they're trying to go get a miracle from Max. But, you know, he's hiding now because, uh, well, he starts telling this long story and then his wife runs out and she looks at him and says, liar, liar, liar. So when this song comes on at the end of the chorus, it says, cast your fear on the fire because fear. Diane and I will join in and saying, liar, liar. It should be in our car sometime. We do that, don't we? It's one of our favorite things. See, you can't live your life constantly bombarded with lies. I need to protect my soul from the invasion of fear that is constantly storming the shores of my mind and stealing my ability to think and to sleep and to dream and to live and to take steps forward. Ignore. When I say ignore, I'm saying ignore things like the bad news of the media. You guys understand this, don't you? You understand that it's a business. Can I get an amen from somebody? And I know everybody that works there is not bad. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that it's the bottom line. They're trying to make money. And so when you listen to the news, it is a manifestation that keeps people in fear. The media is not necessarily interested in reporting the news because it's, it's a bottom line. Therefore, the goal is to receive ratings. It's a business. It's markets. And people get addicted to the fear and the anxiety. So ignore bad news. How about social media bad news? I actually heard Lady Gaga say something that I want to quote. Okay? All right? Lady Gaga. All right? Now, I'm not recommending her song. I think she really needs Jesus. But she made this statement because evidently they, she and some guy named Bradley Cooper were singing a song together. And everybody says, oh, they got a thing because the way they were looking at each other. And, and uh, she said, no. And then she said, social media is the toilet of the internet. <laughs> All right? Now, now I, I have seen some sewage seep through mine on occasion. Anybody else? Now, most of my social media is not that way because the people that I know, they just keep saying positive stuff. On occasion, they'll say something that they need prayer for or something like that. But on occasion, you'll just see somebody just plop something right there that just really stinks, right? 
So it's, 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 just, it's just that it's not always that way. Proverbs 4.23, guard your heart. It is the wellspring of life. It's where all the living water is flowing, right? That's what Jesus said to the woman of the well. If, if, you know, if you'd ask me for water, I'll give you water that you will never be thirsty again. So guard your heart. Don't let your heart be consumed with fear. Okay, Christians, what about the constant doomsday prophecies? I mean, you sound like chicken little sometimes. The sky is falling. The sky is falling. The sky is falling. You know, and the Bible does talk about stars falling and things like that. But the end is not supposed to cause believers to be afraid. God did not give us prophecy to frighten us, but to excite us, to build your faith and to comfort you and to get you to focus on your glorious future. Don't be afraid. Ignore the nonsense. Luke 21, 28, Jesus says this. When these things begin to take place, stand up, lift up your head because your redemption is drawing nigh. You see bad things happening on the news. You see bad things happening around the world. Stop. Ignore it. Lift up your head. Jesus Christ is coming back again. You ought to clap your hands with your pastor. Come on, listen. You need to ignore the bad news of your own mind. It's what anxiety does. It haunts you with the message and makes things up. What if the stock market falls? What if someone gets sick? What if the world runs out of gasoline? What? What if we get hit by a blizzard? What if we get hit by a hurricane? What if, what if, what if my house burns down? It just, it just blows our minds. One of the greatest illustrations in scriptures is in Numbers chapter 13. Numbers 13, Israel had been set free from Egyptian bondage. They've been set free from slavery and they travel uh, past Mount Sinai, eventually they get to the place where the, they can cross over the Jordan River. And so uh, the Bible says that uh, the Lord said to Moses, send some men to explore the land of Cana, which I am giving to the Israelites. Uh, listen, uh, <laughs> when you're looking around, it will test your heart. It will reveal what's really going on in your heart and what you really believe. Does that make sense to anybody? Sometimes situations will reveal things that are in your heart that you don't necessarily want to focus on. So 12 spies go in, and the Bible says they came back to Moses and Aaron and the whole Israelite community at Kadesh, uh, the desert of Paran. And they, they, that, that they, there they reported them to the whole assembly and showed them the fruit of the land. Now remember what God promised, that the land that he would take them to was flowing with milk and honey, that it was bountiful, that there was massive fruit there. And so they go there, they say, we went to the land which you sent us, and it does flow with milk and honey. Here is the fruit. So they're passing out fruit to everybody, and people are just eating and having a good time. Whoa, yes, God showed up. Look at the fruit. But they're not done talking. You know, some people would be better off just a hush. They'd have just stopped there. There's always a big but right there. I mean, God's word is true, but the people who live there are powerful, and the cities are fortified and very large. We saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites live in the Negev, the Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites live in the hill country, and the Canaanites live near the sea and along the border. And so, so, so they, they go on, and, and they just keep making all of these statements. Now, Caleb opens his mouth in verse 30 and quieted the people and said, Let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it, because he believed the word of God. But he and John Joshua believed, but the other ten did not believe. Here's the fruit. Here's the answer. We got a prophetic revelation. Look at the land. Look at it. But sometimes all you can see are giants. 
And some people are saying, well, you got to look at the giants. Really? In order to be able to live a life without fear, you got to ignore some stuff. Come on. Somebody say, say amen. you got to ignore some stuff. The Bible says in Joshua 14 uh, that jo Joshua is making this statement. As he recounted the story, he said, I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to explore the land. And I brought him back a report according to my convictions. What? A report according to my convictions, a recording according to uh, a report according to my faith, a report according to what thus saith the word of God. But my brothers who went up with me made the hearts of the people melt with fear. Now, now here's what happened. You know what happened to the people, right? They all died. The whole generation of them died in the wilderness. Why? What did they die of? All kinds of things. No, they died of fear. Fear killed them. How many know fear will kill you? Anybody know that? It will kill you. It is, it is a truth. It is a medical reality that if you live in fear and in chronic fear, that your body is not designed to live that way. God did not create you to worry all day long and all night long. It's not good for you. Somebody shout amen. amen. So on that day, Moses swore to me, Joshua goes on and says, the land on which your feet have walked will be your inheritance and that of your children forever because you have followed the Lord my God wholeheartedly. Now Joshua and Caleb, they go back and they don't die. Everybody else is dying. All of the people that they know are, are, are gone. They, they, have dug, uh, they have dug one grave after another in the, in, in the wilderness. But somehow Joshua and Caleb keep their mind focused on one day when finally they get to cross the Jordan River and possess the land that God has promised I'm saying that you and I are living in the generation of the ten spies and we need to learn to ignore the bad news the only way to overcome fear is to refuse to receive it you got to stop it at the front door anybody got one of those cool little things on your door the ring anybody got one of those I got one for Christmas all right so if I'm at my office and you come to my door I can see you I can even talk to you. Isn't that cool? I think we need a spiritual ring on our heart. Anybody agree with me? So when fear comes up and tries to knock on our door, we, we can see them. We see who it is. And we just say, mm -hmm, ain't answering the door. Don't need to talk to them. Don't need to hear their story. Because fear is really good at what it does. Am I right? It is really good at painting a nasty picture. I mean, you get all kinds of bad reports. Let me give you some examples. Uh, you get the bad report, it's impossible. But the good report is all things are possible to those who believe. You get the report, you're too tired. But, the, but Jesus says, I will give you rest. You get the report, nobody loves you. But the Bible says that God really loves you. You get the report that you can't go on. But God's word says God's grace is sufficient for me. You, you got the report, I'll never be able to figure this out. But God says, I will direct your steps you get the report you can't do it God says you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you that you get the report it's not good but God said I will work everything out for your good you get the report you can't be forgiven but God's word said God is faithful and just to forgive you Come on, anybody remember that? Whose report will you believe? Anybody remember that? Who was that, that singer? Ron Canoli. Remember back in the 80s and the 90s? Ron's still around. He and his, his sons do a lot of music now. But we had a song, Whose report will you believe? Anybody remember it? 
we shall believe the report of the Lord. Don't make me sing all day. Whose report will you receive? We shall receive. I guess some old Christians in the house. Uh, you know what I'm saying? You're going to get two reports. You need to ignore one of them. Because his report says I'm healed. His report says I'm filled. His report says I'm free. His report says victory. Ignore plus imagine. Imagine. Some Christians have lost their imagination. Imagine the best. Imagine the best. His, his or her heart is steadfast. You have a steadfast heart. You know where fear happens? It happens in your mind, in your heart. Sometimes we even play the devil's advocate. I've, I've caught myself saying that. Let me play the devil's advocate for a moment. What is the worst thing that can happen here? But faith says, why don't you imagine the best thing happening here? Imagination is a gift from God. Some people have an erroneous view thinking that imagination is the act of believing things that are unreal or untrue. And it can be. That's an evil, imagine, evil imagination. Evil imaginings. Can I tell you this? Again, the devil is a liar. And I'm tired of using my imagination to anticipate destruction and the loss of everyone and the loss of what God has blessed me with. I have decided to imagine that in God's word that... What I read, what I have received, that his word is the truth and everything else is a lie. What if the best thing happened? What if the best thing happens? Here, let me give you some acronyms for fear. Anybody heard this? Here's one. Uh, fear is false expectations appearing real. Say it. False expectations appearing real. Okay, I'll give you one more. If you're a person of faith... Faith expects amazing results. So as soon as fear comes at you, you say, wait, 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 wait. I'm not going to walk in fear. I'm going to walk in faith. And faith expects amazing results. You need to say it. Come on. Faith expects amazing results. I, I love I love imagination. I, I, I loved as a kid playing superheroes. We could do anything, but then life told us to stop imagining and told us that our expectations were too high. Well, guess what? I just, so you know, you, in case you did not know, one day I'm going to take off this old body and I'm going to put on a new Superman immortal body. Anybody with me on this? A Superman body one that is bulletproof baby one that can take it that has no sickness no distress no sorrow come on Amen. Ephesians 3 and 20 to him who is able to do exceedingly come on abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us we need to think possibility that's what the psalmist is saying his heart is steadfast he is imagining the best things that God can do that's what the scripture means in 2nd Corinthians 10 and 5 look at the old King James Version 
Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing it into captivity. Every thought to the obedience of Christ. And he's talking about evil imaginings there. We have to cast them down. Casting down godless imaginations. You imagine the worst. You think about the worst. And you live in chronic fear and panic. I choose not to believe the bad news. I like Philippians chapter 4. Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure. Whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things. You need people in your life that will help you. Have you ever had somebody look at you and say, what are you thinking? Try it. What are you thinking? I'm just thinking the truth. I'm just telling it how it is. Come on. Let's open the word of God and let's change our thinking. I gave you some space there to list your 10 biggest fears on your notes. If you want to, you can write them down. Anytime you want, you can write down your 10 biggest fears. Or you can just, you know, write them down later. And let me give you this, another, some other information. Here's some stats. 60% of the things that you and I are afraid of will never happen. So if you write down 10 things, go ahead and cross off six. Because 60% of the things that you're afraid of will never happen. All right? Now, 20% of your fears are about the past. And that's over. Somebody shout amen. amen. So you can mark off two more. You got two left. So 10% of our fears are about things that are so petty that it doesn't matter if it happens or not. Right? Just petty fears. So go ahead and cross out one more. And the remaining one, only 5% have any basis in reality. Only 5%. So why don't you just go ahead and cross off the last one. I remember when I uh, was uh, coming to the church, I, I had a sin that happened. I didn't really realize until I was preparing this message and realized that it was, it was, it was fear. I was walking in fear because the church was so... Messed up. It was just messed up. It was in a very difficult place. I'm not the, the savior. I were, a lot of people stood with me during those years. So I'm just saying that it was so bankrupt in so many ways. There was no way. I mean, literally, I actually stacked the bills up one Sunday and brought them in the church. Danielle, you remember this? Brought them in, just passed the bills out to people because there was no way. Since they weren't putting in the offering, I just thought I'd let them take it home and pay it. <laughs> it worked. Paid all of them. Paid all of them. Right but I was, I was in fear. I mean, I, and, uh, you know, just, just so worried. And uh, so one day the Lord showed me, well, what happened if your worst fears happen? What happened? And I saw my worst fears, like nobody was, at the, nobody was here. The bank took over the property. It was bulldozed over and it was all gone. And the Lord says, well, how do you feel? I said, well, no pressure. <laughs> well, the pressure's off. He said, well, there, take that. And I, I looked back on that the other day and I thought, you know, I, I've talk, talked about that, about how good God is. That's how good God is to somebody who's walking in fear to try to help them. But God's best is that you would be in situations that seem difficult and you'd look at those situations and you would say, I am a child of God and he has called me to win. I'm a child of God. I belong to God and God's not finished with me. And begin to imagine all the things that God can do. 
And, and, and then I come, came back to me. I remember after I assumed the pastor, a few years afterwards, the pastor came by to speak to me, and he just wanted to tell me some good things. He wanted to encourage me. He said, first of all, I just want you to know that you're not called to be a pastor and that you are just going to fail here. He actually told me that. I said, well, thanks. Don't come back. And uh, it really just kind of encouraged me because I knew what my calling was. Isn't that beautiful? I'm going to tell you, if you know what your calling is and it's open in the front door of the church, you will not stoop to be a king. You know what I'm saying? When you know what you're supposed to do, it's a beautiful thing to know what God wants you to do and to know God's powerful word. Fear and anxiety. It, it attacks us with nothing you can put your finger on necessarily. But here's what the word of God says, at least 80 times plus in the Bible, fear not. Everybody shout, fear not. Just shout it. Come on, shout it. Fear not. Fear not. So let's, let's, since we're going to begin to turn our imaginations on, let's go ahead and base our imaginations on reality, the reality of God's word. You ready for the word of God? Genesis chapter 15 and 1. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield and your very great reward. Uh, Exodus 14, Moses said to the people, do not be afraid, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. In 2 Chronicles 20, he said, listen, all of you Judah, remember the story, Jehoshaphat and, and the army, stand still, no, excuse me, listen, all of you Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem and you King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but it's God's. We need to hide this in our heart. Come on, how many think you'd do better if you could just memorize some of this? Anybody? Just get it into your heart. Psalm 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Or Psalm 55 and 22. Cast your cares upon the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous fall. Or Deuteronomy 31 and 6. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Isaiah 41 and 14. Do not be afraid for I myself will help you, declares the Lord your Redeemer. Psalm 46 and 1. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Proverbs, excuse me, Psalm 118 and 6. The Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? The Lord is with me. He is my helper. Proverbs 29. Fear of man will prove to be a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. Somebody ought to clap your hands. Psalm 34 and 7, the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. Psalm 34 and 4, I prayed to the Lord and he answered me. He freed me from all of my fears. So Isaiah 41 and 10, so do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you and will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Psalm 56 and 3, when I am afraid, I put my trust in you. And Psalm 4, 6 and 7. He says this, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition and thanksgiving, present your request to God. 
And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and mind in Christ Jesus. John 14 and 27, peace is what I leave with you. It is my own peace that I give you. I do not give it as the world does. Do not be worried and upset. Do not be afraid. In 2 Timothy 1 and 7, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of and of a sound mind. Psalm 23 and 4. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. Your rod and your staff. They comfort me. Joshua 1 and 9. Have I not commanded you? Be strong. It, come on. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Or Matthew 6. And 34. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Let tomorrow worry about tomorrow. I'm going to put my trust in God. Come on, church. Anybody believe the word of God today? I mean, sometimes you don't even want to re read prophecy. But if you study prophecy, after you hear about the seven seals, he says, fear not. After you hear about the seven trumpets, he says, fear not. After you hear about the mark of the beast, he says, fear not. When he talks about the Antichrist showing up, he says, fear not. And when mystery Babylon is revealed, he says, fear not. And when Armageddon happens, he says, fear not. Brothers and sisters, we need to learn this eternal message that God... God has not called us to live in fear. Imagine what your life would be, out, be like without fear. We've got to take captive that thought. Make, make it obedient to Christ, which moves me to this last statement. Inspire your faith. Anybody ever have to build up your own faith? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody? You've got to build up your faith. He said his heart, is, his heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. Do you trust in the Lord? Hallelujah. If you don't trust in the Lord, who do you trust in? Who do you have to trust in other than God? Who do you have to trust in? You can trust in people? You know? You're going to trust in the government? You're going to trust in the stock market? Let me show you, let me show you what, what that is. In, in, in Psalm 55 and 22, read this with me. Cast your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous fall. Let, let, me, let me show you what that word cast means, okay? Anybody got a coat? Anybody got any coats? Got some coats? Can I have some coats? Somebody bring me a coat. Bring me a coat. There's a coat. Oh, that's, a, that's a nice coat. This is your coat. Can I have that? I want as many coats as I can get. Let me have a coat. You got your coat, and you give me your coat, and you give me your coat, and you give me your coat. Okay, okay. Dry clean only. Dry clean only. Okay. <laughs> oh, no. There we go. Give me your coat. Got more co oh, there's some more coats right there. You don't want to touch anything probably, but okay. Okay. Cast your cares on the Lord. Have you noticed I'm carrying everything that people gave me? You notice that? None of this belongs to me. It was placed in my hands. It was placed on me. And now I have possessed them. These are my cares. I take them to bed with me at night. I'm in charge of them. I have to think about them. I got, one of them's dry clean only. 
Vaughn, come over here. Come over here. What you need is a relationship with Jesus. I'm going to show you literally what this means. We do it in worship, okay? We got to get near Jesus daily. Can somebody say daily? daily. All the time, I got to be near Jesus because when people put stuff on me, I got to take it over and give it to Jesus. Man, I was working up a sweat. I was getting hot and getting tired. Here's the deal. I can't carry all that on my own. I, I, I need Jesus. I need Jesus to stand with me. I need to take my fears and place them on him. And he says, cast your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you. Not only can he carry my, my stuff, but he can lift me up and help me to walk again and get through my trouble and get through my difficulty. I can't do this by myself. I need Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You know what he'll do? He'll take these things and give them back to the people that owned them. Anybody? Am I? I don't even. Who, whose is this? North Face something. I don't know. Anybody knows who this is? Come get it. Come take it back. Come take it. Here you go. Just come take it back. You understand? You see how complicated it is? If it's complicated for Jesus, how complicated? That's, that's not good. But you know what I'm saying. I'm telling you that we carry so many things that other people have laid upon our shoulders that God has not called us to carry. He says, cast your cares. <laughs> you got to inspire your faith. Why can't I believe? Because you're carrying too much stuff. What is it about my faith? I can't even remember the word of God. But you remember everything that person said to you the other day at the supermarket. Come on. You also remember everything that Satan said, too, because you remember when Satan likes to talk to you, right? Everybody remembers. When you're in bed and you just had a fight with somebody and you roll over to one side, and she's rolling over to the other side, and Satan jumps in bed with you and tells you all kinds of things that you need to be worried about. And so all you're doing is listen to the devil. Come on. You can be full of the Holy Ghost and all of that and still be a fear collector because the enemy loves to disempower men and women of God by putting fear upon them that they should not be holding. Huh? It's all over. You'll never get through this. Jesus. That's why. Oh, Jesus. You know, if, if fear knocks at the door and faith answers, no one is there. Make sense? Faith shows up. Word of God shows up. You open the door and nobody's there. As soon as fear comes, what do you do? I'm going to clothe myself in Jesus. Clothe myself in the word of God. I'm preaching the truth. Bad news feeds fear. It inspires fear. You'll, you'll relate the bad news to something else that's happened in your life. And then you'll build it and you'll grow a tree inside of your life. A fear tree that has all kinds of toxic fruits. Now you know your faith can be strong or weak. Anybody been in a place of weak faith? I've been through those times. So what you have to do is inspire your faith. That's why God gave us the Bible. It is the inspired word of God. And Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes by hearing. and hearing by the word of God. Now, all scripture is inspired by God. It's God breathed and man written. That's what that means. The Bible says that when God created man, 
He breathed into him a living soul, right? So God breathes into man, and man gets up, right? And then, you know what, you know what God did? He put his word into him. You get that? God breathes what? His man gets up. And he's just doing things he'd never been trained to do. But he had received the word of God. I'm telling you, you were created in the image of God, but sin has marred that image. If you can get the word of God back into you, we need the word of God so that we can have the spiritual breath, the spiritual stamina in this life. That's why we're here today. Anybody glad you came to church? Anybody love the worship today? Anybody love the worship? Abba. I belong to you. That's the word of God, isn't it? Abba. I love that song. I love it because it's so diverse too. I mean, Emory's up here and he's going, Abba, yeah, I belong. It's like everybody's loving that, but it's all, it feels like a country song to me. It's like, Abba, <laughs> I belong to you. Isn't it? It's like it doesn't matter where you come from. You hear that song? That's the way the word of God is. It doesn't matter what your background is. It doesn't matter where you come from, what kind of baggage you have. It just sings and speaks right in your heart. Some of you say, why am I always so full of fears? Because of what you watch, what you listen to. Diana and I, we try to turn on a new TV show. We're trying to find something on Netflix. I mean, we watch them for like five minutes and ah, I'm going to bed. We're done. You know, it just... Just messes up. I mean, it was just everything. And our mama died. I mean, the, the kids having sex with people they shouldn't be. And the son is broke up with his boyfriend. And, and, and then, you know, the little kid's just confused and can't study anymore. The dad lost his job, had to get another job. And the house burnt down for the place they were going to live in. I was just ready to go jump off a cliff by the time. He's like, why am I doing this to me? How many people write that? CSI, you're stuck on it, you know. I mean, I watched years ago, there was a CSI special victims unit. Anybody ever seen that? It's like, how many people can be sexually victimized? I mean, the show has gone on and on and on and on with one sexual victimization after another, week after week after week, and we just sit there waiting, let's see what bad is going on in the world. And then you wonder sometimes why you feel what you feel. You are what you eat, brothers and sisters. Come on. Oh, I'm a, where did I get there? Amen. Jesus. One more thing. One more thing, then we'll, 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 we're going to finish up. One more thing. One more thing. I'm going to wrap this up this way. One more thing. How many, if I ask you to tell me the story of when I got saved, could tell me? Anybody remember the story? How old was I when I gave my life to Jesus? Five years old. Who was I sitting next to? My mama. About five rows back. I was crying. Mama looked over at me and said, Ricky Jean, somebody hurt you? And no, and she discerned that I needed Jesus. Why do you know that? Because I've told you my testimony of salvation so many times. Anybody remember what happened to me when I was a little boy? What happened to my face? I was burned severely. I had third degree burns all over the right side of my face. And and the Lord miraculously healed me on the fifth day. Miraculously, the burn literally fell off into the bed. And, I, and they canceled the skin grafts that they were planting because there was new skin underneath the burn. Anybody remember what happened one day when I was at church? 
uh, my dad was preaching. I was sitting there. I said, what is it? I had severe migraine headaches. My hand would go numb. My tongue would go numb. I'd see bright lights. And then I'd be left for at least a whole day with this throbbing, completely incapacitating headache. And I felt that sign. Remember what I did? I went straight down to the front. And I said, Daddy, I don't want this. And Daddy prayed for me. And I haven't had a headache like that since that day. I've never had it since that day. You know what those are? Yeah. Do you like the story? Do you like the testimony? Is that okay that I told it again and again and again and again? You know, you pastor, as long as I have, you have to rehearse some stories on occasion. So some people can realize it. Watch this. How many in this room have had God do some amazing things in their life? How many are saved by the grace of God because your story was a messy one? Anybody got that? Anybody got some miracles about your home? How about your marriage? Anybody got some marriage miracles that you could tell? Or what about some financial miracles? Anybody got some financial miracles that you've had? Or is there anybody that lost a job and then got a better one? Anybody had that situation happen in your life? What? What? It's coming. It's coming. Some people say you're right in the middle, but you've heard so many stories. You know that God is good. No, let me say, anybody that has a story like that, would you stand up wherever you are? You got a story? I mean, you could tell a story. Look at this, okay? Now, you know why everybody's not standing up. Because the, the deepest fear that people have is the fear of speaking in public, okay? All right? If you don't, now you don't have to tell the story. But if God has done something supernatural for you, would you stand up? That should be everybody. Just everybody stand up, all right? Now, here's the word of God. Here's the word of God uh, in uh, Revelation 12. The Bible says this. They overcame him. In Revelation 12, they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives. To the death. What? They're not afraid of dying. And they're not afraid of talking. They're not afraid, afraid to tell people about who Jesus is. And that the blood of Jesus has cleansed them from sin. And you can take this body. But in my flesh, I am going to see God. You understand that? This is called fearless living. What I'm doing is inspiring your faith. Now, how many know when you leave church today, you're going to see about 20, 30, 40 people who got some bad news to tell you? All right? Why don't Christians talk up enough? How can people one-up us with bad news all the time? Why don't the next time somebody gives you bad news, why don't you say, well, let me tell you what the Lord has done for me. Let me tell you how God set me free from sin and how he healed me and rescued me, put my family back together, found me when I was desperate and alone, delivered me from depression or anxiety or panic attacks. Let me tell you what the Lord has done in my life. You're afraid to tell them that because the next time you're in the shopping mall, they'll be ducking in the department store. Stay away from you. Here come those crazy people. All they want to do is speak positive. Look at me, children of God. Is there anybody that believes in Jesus? Anybody believes in Jesus going through a bad time right now? Anybody going through some difficult time? Let me tell you something. You're going to get through this. No, look at me. You're going to get through this. You're going to, no, look. You're going to make it through this. You're going to get through this. 
I know fear's knocking on your door right now. But Pastor Rick said that the word of God says that you're going to get through this. Cast your cares upon the Lord. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not fear. For thou art with me. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him. And he will direct your path. The steps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord. And even if they stumble, he will lift them back up and steady them. You understand what I'm telling you right now? God's word overcomes your fear. Ignore. Ignore. Imagine and inspire. Ignore. Say it. Ignore. Imagine, inspire, equals a fearless life. Ignore, imagine, inspire, equals a fearless life. Let's make that declaration one more time. Diana, help me with that. Make that declaration one more time. We're looking at Psalm. There, yeah, Psalm 120. Here it comes. There, yeah, that's something else. Let's keep going to the end. Oh, she's way back there now. Okay. All right. Oh, you're getting held back there. Never mind. Look at me. Just, just repeat after me. I will not fear bad news. I will not fear bad news. Let's say it again. I will have no fear of bad news. I will have no fear of bad news. My heart is steadfast, heart is steadfast. Trusting, in the Lord. trusting in the Lord. I will have no fear of bad news. My heart is steadfast, trusting the Lord. Don't even look at that. Look at me. I will have no fear of bad news. My heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. Come on, say it. Let's say it. Let's say it to fear. Come on. I will have no fear of bad news. My heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. I will have no fear of bad news. My heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. I will have no fear of bad news. My heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. I was singing so many songs now. I got so much. Abba Father's good enough for me. Though. Anybody like that? I belong to you. Thank you, Jesus. I was thinking of another one, too. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. Remember that? You got all these songs. You should sing them. Make a playlist. Now, where are my children? Where are our children today? I'm preaching this word. But this word was right for you. Where are you? Where are you? Who needed this today? Wave at me like this. Wave at me like this. Like this. Okay. So I want us to pray for individuals. I also want to pray for individuals that struggle with anxiety. Yes. Chronic issues such as that. Okay? Uh, but, you know, this is one of your fears. He's going to ask me to come down front and pray. Not only that, I'm going to ask my prayer workers to come down front first. I want my prayer workers to come and stand down here as well. My prayer workers, come on down. Come on down, my prayer workers. All right? Now, these people are here to pray with you. Now, when all those people, when all those people, you lifted up your hands, I want you to just stomp on fear as you step to the front right now. Come down and stand with us. Come down and stand with us. You lifted your hand. You did all of this and all that. Come on down. <coughs> 
on down. Come on down. Just spread out. Spread out. I'm not going to hurt you or anything. We might anoint you and believe God's word. Can you sing that? Sing. I'm no longer a slave to fear. Wow, everybody's coming up. Come on down. Hey, I love you guys. Come on. Praise God. Praise God. Come on down. Prayer workers, you're going to have to work your way. Sharon, I love you, sis. I know this is a new day in your life. Cliff's going to pray with you, but I'm, I'm just believing God for you. So good to see you. I love you. Come on down. Come on down. Marie, come on down. Squeeze up to the front. Now listen. Listen. Some of you, right now, you haven't got anybody praying with you necessarily, but I want you to lay your hand on the shoulder of people nearby you. Go ahead and do that. Lay your hand on one another's shoulder. But if I got living waters workers or other people, come on, Givens, come up and help me if you would. If you got time, come on up. Cynthia. Sherman. Come on down. People don't mind praying. Praise you, Jesus. Willie, come on. Living Waters team, just come on up and get up in the front. Squeeze around the front. Okay, now, watch me. Everybody out in the congregation, hold your hands out like this. Hold your hands out like this. I want you to put all your fears right there. Put your fears right in your hands. I want you to imagine what they are. What has disrupted your life. Now, I want you to cast them on the Lord. Now, watch me. I want you to take those fears, and I don't want you to go like this. I don't want you to be so reverent about it. I want you to just go, boom, just throw them up in the air. I am done with those fears. You might have to do it a few more times. Come on. I am done with fear controlling my life. I am done with it in the name of Jesus. Now, some of you are going to live in fear until you give your life to Jesus. So do this. This is his word. You don't have to live in fear. Do this. Say, Lord Jesus, I confess you. I know that you are the Lord. I know that you're the Messiah. I believe in my heart that you have been raised from the dead. Forgive me of my sin. Come into my life and make me victorious in the name of Jesus. If you're praying, if you're asking Jesus in your life, I'd love to know. I'd love to pray with you. I really would. Meet me. Catch me in the hospitality room or come up front. We'll pray with you up here. But go ahead. Bless one another. Spend time blessing one another. I love you so much. We're going to take some time and pray here. But for everyone that leaves, the Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. Give you peace. God bless you all. Thanks for being at Freedom. I'll see you again this week. God bless you.